Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Caden Clark, Thursday, February 4th, 2016, Mesa, Arizona. Warning, the following content you are about to listen to contains evidence of misgendering. Listening discretion is advised. Mother of the autistic woman shot and killed by Mesa police is speaking out. CBS 5's Ashley Berry talked with her today and Ashley, this was an emotional interview. It was absolutely just heartbreaking, especially when you consider one of the officers that responded and fired one of those shots was actually trained in crisis prevention. Danielle Jacobs battled autism her entire life, her mother says, and had at least one other run-in with police. They have a right to be treated fairly and humanely and respected. They have a right to be listened to, and so she worked really hard at teaching others to do that. Stacia Clark calls it an eerie twist of fate. Her 24-year-old daughter, Danielle Jacobs, seen in this video with her Rottweiler Samson, a dog she trained to help her cope with autism, was shot and killed by Mesa Police Thursday. If my daughter was asking for help and reaching out, my daughter died for asking for help, for reaching out. Her mother says Danielle didn't give any indication she was upset when a friend called police concerned for her welfare. Three Mesa police officers responded to the Encanto home, including one who was specifically trained to handle such crisis intervention. Danielle was armed with a knife and lunged at them to open fire, killing her. There has to be a better way for law enforcement to respond and to handle situations, especially when they know that this is an individual with special needs. It's a question we asked police because she had a previous running with police. Were the officers aware of her mental illness? There was no indication that she was mentally ill. The only indication we had was that she was gonna hurt herself. And again, she was armed with a knife. We should mention that both officers were also armed with tasers, but chose to use their firearms. Both officers, all three officers, I should say, are now on paid administrative leave, which is routine in any situation like this. We, of course, will be following this and bring you any developments as they become available. Live in Mesa, Ashley Berry, CBS 5 News. It's Thursday night. 
in Mesa, Arizona. 24-year-old transgender man, Caden Clark, calls out for help. Caden, who is Asperger's, reaches out to the community. His friends, who were very close to him and lived nearby, contacted the Mesa police. And around 7 p.m. on Thursday, February 4th, 2016, Caden Clark and two unidentified officers at that time came in touch with each other. Caden, armed with a 12-inch butcher knife, pacing back and forth in his apartment. Authorities want to come in. They want to know exactly how can they assist Caden. According to the authorities, Caden would not let them in until finally one of his friends came over and opened the door. And when the detectives opened the door and saw Caden with the knife, an intense exchange occurred. Caden and the detectives arguing back and forth. They're telling Caden to put down the knife According to Caden's friend, Caden had began to put down the, mi- the knife. So what exactly went wrong on that Thursday night back on February 4th of 2016? As we go through this case, we're going to take a look into the incident that led to this hateful homicide. We're going to talk about police response to trans individuals. And Caden is not the first trans man to be shot and killed by police officers. We're also gonna get some testimony from Caden's friends on how they loved him and how he was important. We're also gonna talk about Asperger's and the importance of understanding autism and how this impacts our communities and even our trans communities. So let's get into it. Caden Clark, born. March 11th, 1991. He grew up in this idyllic childhood with his mother, Stacia Clark, and his siblings. Caden knew around the age of 16 that he identified as a transgender man. He became openly and proud. And through his moments of crisis, as we will learn, he would have these range of YouTube videos that would range from him being very upbeat and happy to even the point of him being very distraught and despondent. One of Caden's videos became very famous back in 2012 when he had a moment of crisis. In that video, you can see Caden in a moment of distress and it was only his dog that seemed to provide ease. This video garnered a lot of attention and actually provided an openness and awareness to trans individuals with autism. Caden's video went on to inspire and encourage others to speak and stand up into their truth about their autism and Asperger's journey. And Caden was no exception. Though Caden, yes, had run-ins with the Mesa authorities through his adult life because of his ups and downs with his mental health, 
Does this garner the police to respond in such a way that left Caden dead, shot to death in his living room floor in his Mesa apartment? Where did they go wrong? The detectives, Esteban Flores and Gino Martinez, were placed on administrative leave with pay. As Caden's family and friends began to realize the impact of their loss from the violence of police brutality, which we know in society has become far too common, when such a thing happens, where do we place the blame? Is it on the victim for having the weapon? Is it the detectives for having their weapons? In the news report, Ashley Burrow mentioned that the detectives had tasers. Why was that not the force used? Was it because Caden was transgender? That's what we have to determine and find out. So I want you to take a moment with me as we go through this case and ask ourselves, did Caden deserve to be shot by the Mesa Police Department? This issue has become far too common not only with our Black Lives Movement, but also with other trans individuals who have been shot and killed by the police when the police were there to protect them. While it's important to remember to serve and protect, we must also remember that police officers far too often in a response where they feel like they are in imminent danger or perceived imminent danger will respond in such a way that leads to cases like Caden's. As we go through this case, we're gonna also talk briefly about another case. We're gonna cover this case in another episode with a couple of good friends of mine who are gonna talk more about it. But it's also a case that happened last year in 2020 regarding the murder of Tony McDade by Jacksonville Police Department in Jacksonville, Florida. But for now, we're gonna focus on the case of Caden Clark so one of the things that as we go through this case, we want to talk about the people that Caden impacted. Halo, this animal rescue mission organization has a founder by the name of Heather Allen. And she recalled a time with Caden. She recalled how important Caden was beginning around the age of 13 and how he, you know, really volunteered at this animal rescue shelter. And this is actually where he got his first dog, Jade. Heather also mentioned that Jade was a really pivotal dog for Caden because of the fact this helped Caden cope with his Asperger's. It helped him cope with the trauma and the ups and downs of his abandonments from his childhood and so many other triggers. Heather also noted that Caden cared so many about others. He was very thoughtful of animals and friends and people, and he was very gentle and patient with encouraging others on how to navigate his gender journey. Far too many times, individuals who are trans, especially our transgender men, don't have that support. Often seen as invisible, a demographic considered to be stiff and blendable with the cisgender community, we have to remember that Caden, like so many other trans men who are finding their ways in, in the world, have a voice and deserve to have their voices heard. 
And I'm so humbled that Heather was able to provide a statement regarding, you know, not only Caden's life, but his hateful homicide. She states that she believed that Clark was in danger of hurting himself when the police arrived at his home carrying guns. She believes that there was no need for officers to respond with service weapons when dealing with Caden. We also had this testimony from Esteban Flores. Again, he was not only one of the detectives who was on the scene, but he was also one of the detectives who was a spokesperson for the Mesa detectives. He mentioned that Clock lunged at himself and Officer Gomez with a 12-inch kitchen knife. And the officers felt so threatened that they chose to shoot Clark to death instead of subduing him with their stun guns. Of course, everyone wanted to know how many times was Caden shot? Because if we know how many times Caden was shot, then there is a motive for excessive force. Why is this motive important? Because we know so many times when there have been police shootings, especially towards men, cis or trans, that excessive force has been used. And so, does the media, Caden's family and friends, all wanted to know that pivotal question. And Detective Esteban Flores refused to disclose the amount of shots fired. And even though, according to Flores, the incident was not diffused in a non-lethal manner, and even though one of the officers had training in crisis intervention to deal with such situations, the result has been, again, that the officers have been placed on desk duty. Will they be charged with a crime? Will they be charged with the hateful homicide of Caden Clark? I want to go back and take a look into Caden's journey. His gender journey. His Asperger's journey. Because so many times when these cases happen, it's very easy to get caught up in the death of the victim. But I also want to take a moment and talk about the life of Caden and then also talk about his gender journey and his Asperger's journey. And exactly what is Asperger's? Because so many of us who may not have that exposure to Asperger's, this case grappled me in a way also because I have a four-year-old nephew who is nonverbal autistic. And I think if he was verbal and able to communicate in a way to the detectives and how this could have been him. So many times, even though this may not be someone we know, it sometimes can be someone that we can relate to in a way. So Caden's case really grappled me. And going back again to 2011, Caden mentioned in one of his YouTube videos, this was around December 14th of 2011, and he talks about having this exciting, exciting, awesome news. 
He quotes, so my insurance fully pays 100% of my gender reassignment surgery. I'm so happy. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. (sighs) Hayden was looking forward to so many things in his life. Changing his name, having his gender reassignment surgery, navigating through his Asperger's journey. But one of the things that we have to ask ourselves in cases like this is what is Asperger's? You know, this is a form of um, autism. And that's pretty much all that we know. But we really need to have a better understanding of Asperger's and how this impacts not only the transgender community, but the communities at whole. And then how do we encourage law enforcement to be able to navigate through these type of conversations when you have someone who is potentially at a place of self-harming themselves, right? Because the reason they responded was to help Caden. So how do you deal with crisis intervention? What does that look like? And should there be also a level of mental health comprehension? Because if there is, then detectives in these situations will know how to respond and not in a way that is going to be excessive force and certainly not in a way that's going to result in a hateful homicide. And that one of Caden Clark. Asperger's described as a developmental disorder affecting ability to effectively socialize and communicate. Asperger's syndrome is a condition of the autism spectrum with generally higher functioning. So we know that Caden has the cognitive ability to be higher functioning. But as mentioned, according to WebMD, there is this inability to socialize and communicate. With that being said, as the definition for Asperger's syndrome, is the blame on Caden? He was not effectively able to socialize and communicate. Do we place the blame on his friends? No. They communicated the best way they could, the best way they knew how, in their crisis response, which was to reach out to the Mesa Police Department for help. The reason being because Caden had needed help before. And no one ever anticipated that around 7 p.m. on February 4th, 2016, Caden Clark would be shot to death, laying in a pool of blood in his Mesa apartment home. So, with Caden not being able to have the ability to effectively socialize and communicate, do we blame him for his hateful homicide? Was his behavior at such a state that the detectives felt that the only need was to kill him? I would have to say no, because we need to have these conversations. Caden's case is not the only one. Too many times, police brutality has become such a norm that we look at these cases and see, oh, well, they asked for it. They were misbehaving. The police, in some settings, have put this fear of individuals to the point where 
you look down, you don't have your hands, you can't even move or motion without having to worry about being shot at. And though Caden identified as a trans white man, posing less of a threat than Tony McDade, a black trans man who was also in the South, their cases are so similar. We need to take a look at what is happening. We need to take an understanding into what is happening with these cases. We need to also have a better grip and grip on mental health. And though Asperger's does not determine whether Caden was this person who was completely unhinged, no. But he had his ups and downs. And should the police had known from their prior interactions with Caden that he was not a threat of hurting them, but of hurting himself, and that he was just needing them to be there for him. This case is so important. And as we go through this case, I want to also just again talk about the impact of how Caden's death has had on other ones in his life. I want to take a look into the responses of Caden's friends and really give you all an understanding of just how he really was loved by his friends. Caden was one of my best friends and we trained our dogs together. Hobie is a service dog in training. There's been a lot of firsts since Caden's death. The first time Kobe did a stay in Walmart and the first time we walked into Caden's Target without Caden being there. Caden was a fierce friend
as you can hear, Caden's death impacted so many people. Caden was loved. His friends recall him at the Target. He liked to, you know, he was a gamer. So he had really so many people who loved him and who supported him. And the testimony that you heard was from that friend who actually called the Mesa Police Department, Sydney Andrews. It's so unfortunate when we think about the impact this must have on her. Caden called her. She called the Mesa police. She unlocked the door. And just within a few minutes, Caden was laying lifeless on the floor at 7.15 p.m. It's really interesting when we think about how Caden's case has this really big divide on misgendering. This case happened around 2016 and Arizona has its conservative parts. But when I think about other areas, other cases that, you know, that has been covered, the media for the most part has been so respectful with using the pronouns. And that's so important because this helps amplify that victim's voice and their identity. But in this case, the media continued to misgender Caden, and they also continued to use Caden's previous name. It didn't help that Caden's mother, Stacia Clark, also misgendered Caden and also used Caden's previous name. But in the case of the mother, there's almost this level of understanding. But the reason why it it interests me is because I talked about this in an interview for another podcast about how come these cases of trans individuals, how come you never hear of them? It's because the media so many times misgenders us, dead names us, and they certainly blame us. In this case, Detective Esteban Flores had no problem mentioning that Caden had the knife and that Caden was lunging at himself and Detective Gomez. But did he forget that Caden, who had previous interactions, had Asperger's, had ups and downs, and a history of self-harming. So, as you think of this case and you hear Caden's mom, the detectives, the media, all use this blatant evidence of misgendering. We, as a community, have to combat against this. My goal, and like the goal of so many others in our trans community, is to raise awareness on the type of media misrepresentation that happens for our community. Caden, at the end of his life, went by and identified as Caden Clark, a 24-year-old transgender man with Asperger's syndrome. He was not Danielle Jacobs, and he was not the daughter of Stacia Clark. 
he was the son and his name was Caden Clark. And one of the things that I just think it's so important to remember is that Caden was a person. Caden had feelings. Caden is, you know, he had these famous YouTube videos with over 120,000 views talking about how to navigate Asperger's as well as been on testosterone. He also talked about how to navigate through Asperger's and going through, you know, dating. And Caden, you know, he was, you know, very open and pansexual. And he was part of that polyamorous community and that gamer community as well. But he was also an animal lover. And he was also an animal activist. And those are the things that I think we need to remember about Caden. When Caden's video of his service talk supporting him doing his meltdown went viral, it sparked other individuals with Asperger's, even those who of the trans experience, to stand in their truth and share their videos of a similar experience. Caden, as you heard, though misgendered by his mom, was very much loved and felt that the police should have protected her son. And as you heard from Caden's friends, that Caden was murdered. The evidence is clear. Caden, who was seeking help and support, who had seeked help and support before, back in 2012, 2013, was only looking for help that Thursday night in Mesa, Arizona. I want to also now take a look into the aftermath of Caden's hateful homicide. Around November 18th of 2016, Detectives Flores and Gomez had their preliminary hearing with the IAB, the Internal Affairs Bureau, to determine if their actions were deemed appropriate. And they were. The detectives were found not at fault because evidence cited that Caden was holding the knife. And when his best friend was put under into the grand jury to determine if the detectives should be indicted for murder, the truth was is that Caden was holding a knife. And though the knife was intended to be used on himself, in the response from the perception of the detectives, they felt that they were in the right to use excessive force by all means necessary to protect themselves as well as the neighbors in the apartment complex in the home that Caden shared. Was this justified? I would have to say no. Caden like so many of the transgender community and like so many people, period. We all suffer with our own struggles and aches and breaks and highs and lows. And how we navigate that is so important. Mental health is not talked about enough in the transgender community. Caden, who had Asperger's, did not suffer from mental health in the sense of he was a, a, a risk to society that he could not 
be fit among the Arizona community or the community of a hold. So many of us, when we're navigating through our journeys, are trying to get that social and mental support because we need it. It is very evident at the time of Caden's death that though his family loved him, they were not the most affirming in his gender journey. This would also spark Caden to feel alone, desperate, and seeking support through the help of friends who affirmed his identity. And by affirming his identity and supporting him, they did what they thought was best, which was reach out to the Mesa Police Department. And on the night of February 4th, 2016, at 7.15 p.m., Caden Clark was shot a total of five times. Again, two detectives, two guns, one man, one knife. You tell me. I do want to share with you just exactly how awesome Caden was to his community, to those he loved. Like I mentioned to you, Caden was all about his journey and speaking his truth. And I want to take a moment and share that with you now. So I just got got out of the shower, so I look like crap. I haven't done my hair yet. So I want to vent. Excuse me if you don't want to listen to it. Skip the video. So Arizona has the worst mental health system across the United States. Seriously. Anybody in Arizona would agree with that. The, the professionals wouldn't because, you know, they're idiots. So, there's practically no support for mental health. Um, I'm actually taking my clinic to court who is going, there's an investigation done because they have refused treatment for me um, for the past few years. Now, remind you, I've been to five other clinics and been refused treatment as well, even though I clearly have a mental health issue, mental health diagnosis, which is PTSD, anxiety disorder, bipolar, um, ADHD, um, I don't know if I said PTSD, my brain's screwed up today, and I have Asperger's and cognitive disorder. So, long story short, let's get to the point to the gender therapist. So, what's frustrating is every single gender therapist I see that either accepts my insurance or does a sliding scale are all fucking ignorant. I've never met a bunch of health professionals anywhere of the states that I've lived that are complete fucking morons. So she basically says, she, she reads my chart of my diagnosis and she says things like, how does Asperger disease affect you? And when I list it all, she's like, okay, well, we need to fix your Asperger's before I, I write a letter for your doctor in order for you to start tea. I don't know any neurological disorder, whether it's Tourette's, seizures, autism. I don't care what, it, what other types of autism there is, depending on which DSM you and your doctor use. You can't cure a neurological disorder. I wish there was a pill. It'd make my day easier. It'd make my life easier. Um, it's ignorance. It's frustrating. She kept saying the word disease every time I kept correcting her. Um, 
she didn't even understand it. She said, I don't know anything about Asperger disease. And although she's a gender therapist, she's still a therapist. Um, you go to school and you basically, marriage and family studies and child psychology, blah, 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 blah. And take all those classes, psychology classes, so you, so you know a lot about psychology. Well, okay, if you don't understand and you're that ignorant about Asperger's and you got my folder a month in advance with my diagnosis on it, then you research it. You don't ask me consistently to basically educate you on Asperger's. That's not my job. I'm not a mental health or a neurologist to educate you on for the whole entire hour and a half that we're together. I shouldn't have to. That's a waste of my time. So she kept saying things like, well, I think we need to cure your Asperger's disease. And this is a gender therapist. Every single gender therapist I've seen is fucktarded state. And yes, it's fucktarded. I like that word. Um, it's the same fucking issue. We got to fix it. I'm not going to write a letter until we fix it. Um, to your doctor for your doctor to prescribe testosterone. I've had it. Um, when I get some funds available, I'm going on Canadian's website and ordering testosterone. I don't need anybody's help. I shouldn't have to rely on people. I shouldn't have to rely on dumbasses to write me a prescription to say, hey, look, I in my chart, it says I've tried suicide. I've tried suicide by cop. I've tried shooting myself. I, this All this depression since first fucking grade has stemmed from not being able to transition. If you're too ignorant to fucking help me, I will help my own fucking self. Seriously, I know there's risks to this. I don't give a shit at this point. I'm struggling in my life. I've They know this. This is why I finally reached out because I wasn't sure what to do because everywhere I went to, they turned around and just laughed in my face said I, it was that gender identity disorder and dysphoria was a mental health issue. They weren't educated on that, that, that that's no longer part of the DSM. I mean, gender dysphoria is, um, but you don't receive mental health thing for it. Like, you don't go to a psych hospital for it, if that makes sense. So it's just frustrating. I'm, 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 I don't know where to turn to. If anybody in Arizona is listening to this, please guide me because... I'm at my losing point. I'm going bonkers. Every single doctor, whether it's mental health, whether it's any kind of therapist, DBT, CBT, nobody seems to know what the fuck Asperger's is. And it's frustrating. They all want to make a, a treatment plan of how to cure my fucking autism. And it's so fucking frustrating. I wish I didn't have it. I wish it was a cure for all pill. I'm serious. I don't know what else to do. I'm frustrated. I can't do anything in my transition because I'm stuck in this stupid roadblock. Like, seriously, I, 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 I'm, I'm at my wit's end with people. Like, if you don't know it, you research it. And you stop saying, when you have the diagnosis in front of you, when it says Asperger's syndrome on my diagnosis, you don't say disease. Like, why are you replacing the word? It's not an illness. You cannot get better. You cannot die from autism. Um... So it's frustrating. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm done with people. I swear to God, I'm so fed up with this shit. Sorry to vent. I'm, I'm just angry. I didn't know how to make this video without getting angry. I've waited a couple weeks. I've been to every single fucking doctor who takes my insurance. Um, I've been to every doctor who's done the sliding seal. And at this point, I'm, I'm done. I really am. And... 
I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck because I cannot have the SRS or GRS done. If you don't know those terms, it's sex reassignment surgery, gender reassignment surgery. Um, I can't have that done unless my doctor writes and says I've been on test. And so this is heartbreaking. You could hear the struggles in Caden's voice. You could hear how he wanted people to understand that Asperger's is not a disease. You could hear the pain and anguish in his voice. All Caden wanted was to be his true self, live his best life, and stand in his truth. He encouraged mental health providers to understand his journey, his, his roadblocks. And you could also hear Caden's evidence of how he even thought death by cops would be the way. Did those words come back to haunt him? We don't know. All there is to know is that on February 4th, 2016, Caden Clark was shot. He was murdered. And that is the reality. Like so many of us, mental health is an important topic that needs to continue to be discussed. And you can hear in Caden's voice the anguish, the heartbreak, the trauma. And so as we prepare to conclude, I just want to say again, please, if you all are needing information on Asperger's syndrome, please reach out to me. Thank you so much again for tuning in. And to my brother, Caden Clark, we remember you. April 16th, 1991 to February 4th, 2016. We remember you. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Again, thank you so much for tuning in to an episode of A Hateful Homicide. Please follow us on IG at A Hateful Homicide. You can follow me at Mallory Jenna 90, M-A-L-L-E-R-Y-J-E-N-N-A 90. And again, use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide, Ah, Say Ah, Transgender Awareness, True Crime, Suspenseful Saturdays. Again, thank you for tuning in and stay tuned for next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for the next episode of A Hateful Homicide. Thank you and have a great day.